Yes. We're live. Good to know. Yeah. Yeah. Welcome back. And this is an exciting episode because we are starting a new director series. We just finished Leone and Manelli. Number so, two. Number two. If you haven't listened to those yet, go back and do that. It means we're experienced at this. Yes, now At we know this what we're point, doing. We're pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> yes, this is really well, well planned out and not um, on the fly like usual. Um, yeah. Just kidding, it's still probably on the fly. But we there are excited be, to bring there you. There will be precision, <laughs> nevertheless. Yes, more precision, and we'll know a little bit more about what we're talking about because we're doing a new director series on Kurosawa and Alfred Hitchcock. So pretty exciting. Two actually really, really influential yeah. uh, directors. Arguably from back the, the day. two most iconic directors. Yeah, ever. actually. Two so that we most hold, people we're, have we're probably. We were holding heard of. back. We're like, yeah, we'll just let's just do that. Yeah, go all out. And before we get into our introduction to the new series, um, the the Twilight Zone, the new series has just yeah. come out, and we talked about this a little bit and yeah. past couple episodes and uh, there's a previous episode about the twilight zone um, that we did and um, basically luke i know you haven't seen it yet i have just seen the first episode because it's free and i don't really want to pay for cbs all access all on, until all on youtube yep i don't really want to pay for cbs all access until all of the episodes are on there and i could just binge them all at once during like the free first week trial whatever it is because i honestly have no idea what else what else am i going to use cbs all access for probably nothing so um so yeah i saw the the first episode and you know it's got a couple of guys attached to it that i really like jordan peele kumail nanjiani and the first one's called the comedian right yeah, it's the comedian. Yeah. It's a good... Johnny plays yeah. a stand-up comedian, struggling stand-up comedian. Yeah. And I got to say, I didn't really like it that much. Damn. Yeah. It's, uh, I guess overall, I like the concept. I loved the, uh, um, I thought it started out pretty good. On and premise, I loved... it just sounds pretty great. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I, I did really like the concept. I don't know how well executed it was. Um, I also did love how they introduced Jordan Peele's narration. You know, the Twilight Zone episode usually starts out with this, um, you know, little um, opening after the intro and everything. Um, and you get a little taste of what the story is going to be. And then somehow, you know, Rod Serling would be placed in the scene somewhere and he would give a little bit more narration. So I really liked how they did that with Jordan Peele in this one. Um, I thought that was really cool. And I thought the ending narration was really cool too, but just throughout it, I just felt it was really just kind of bland. And it just, mm. it, yeah, I, I know, know it didn't really work. The episodes are longer also. Yeah, they are. Yeah. Much I, longer. I figured they would be half an hour like the uh, the old version, but yeah. they're um, Yeah. It's almost and, like it's, it's conspiring to try to, to be like TV nowadays, which is epic mm-hmm. and long and uh, kind of trying to be like a short movie. Exactly. That's definitely what it felt like. And like my biggest issue with it was that it was about a stand-up comedian. And I know there's parts of it that are supposed that aren't supposed to be funny because he's struggling. But then there are other parts of it where just like the crowd is roaring with laughter. And there's I 
honestly, there wasn't a single like funny joke in the mm. entire episode. And I know it's also like Twilight Zone's not a comedy, but uh, you know, the whole episode was about yeah. these comedians, and I just and they had great like comedic actors um, attached to it, but there still was really no like it wasn't believable that um, any of these people were comedians or successful comedians and everyone in the crowd was. Yeah. Maybe get Jordan. Ridiculous. Write a bid here or there. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And there's other, um, I don't know if you've ever seen the HBO show crashing Pete Holmes, but that's also about, um, it's about stand-up comedy and they do it. I think they portray stand-up comedy really well in there um, because people don't just laugh at everything. And if, you know, in the script it says, uh, oh, the crowd laughs a ton at this joke and the joke isn't funny. Like, that's kind of how I feel like this was written. Um, mm. Yeah, so I don't know. I, I just feel like it was just kind of... Uh, I don't know, the, whole, the whole time I was just wanting a little bit more and um, I didn't really care ultimately what happened to the characters. Yeah. Yeah. I did think the ending was a little profound and, and kind of... Uh, interesting and everything and it's worth a watch for sure um but i'm hoping the uh the next upcoming episodes um are a little bit uh more intriguing i, I will guess. definitely check it out i am a, just to, for the sake of it and because i'm a big kumail fan so yeah we'll see what i well, we'll see what i think yeah and kumail just got it i mean hit it pretty big with uh the oscar nomination for the movie he wrote with his wife that he starred in so yeah, he's definitely doing a lot more um, acting nowadays. Um, so that's cool to yeah, see, Yeah, very, very charismatic guy. Yeah. For sure. All right. And uh, yeah, with that, I mean, I would definitely recommend to go check out the new Twilight Zone series, uh, especially if you're a fan of the original. Um, and I guess uh, with that, let's just get into uh, the introduction for the director's series. So I know I've seen um, quite a bit of Hitchcock movies. I, I took a class on <laughs> uh, Hitchcock. Have you seen like 15? And, uh, I think I've seen around 20 or so. That's a good amount. Um, and a lot of it was because, yeah, I was taking this class and um, it was essentially a requirement. But uh, this is my first Kurosawa movie that I've seen, which I feel like is a travesty because... Uh, you just look at his filmography and there's so many iconic films that he directed. And I, it's honestly, it's honestly pretty insane that um, I feel like more and more people nowadays aren't seeing these iconic movies as much. Cause I feel like Hitchcock is still um, fairly well known in the mainstream and some yeah, of his movies definitely too. Definitely like uh, he's the, probably the most accessible old Hollywood director. Definitely. Like we talked about that with like how accessible Vincent Minnelli has potential to be, but curse like uh, not curse out Hitchcock, like people I know who would never watch like old movies have seen Hitchcock movies. You know, it's like the yeah. one, one or two they've seen was a, is a Hitchcock movie. Yeah. Likely they've probably seen like psycho or vertigo or something. And it is Hitchcock is the reason I, became interested in more classic films in the first place too. So um, yeah. And it just these two iconic directors, it's um, kind of crazy to see that. Um, yeah. Well, I think Kurosawa is still um, obviously super relevant today. Um, 
his movies are something that people aren't, I guess, seeking out, I would say. Definitely not the mainstream. Nah, not so much. You're at a certain, you're in a certain like film level when you seek out a Kurosawa. Everyone mm-hmm. does eventually on their film journey. And yeah, you're there now, John. <laughs> yeah, it's good to be here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and you've seen quite a bit uh, of Kurosawa. Is that right? Uh, yeah, I've I've seen actually I've only seen six. I actually no that that's not right. I think I've seen. Seven, seven, seven. Yeah. yeah, not it's not twenty Hitchcocks <laughs> or anything <laughs> like that. So I mean, still seven, uh, seven. That's a lot, and it's you like probably seven, still haven't seven seen Seven Samurai. <laughs> yeah, and those are probably all iconic movies in their own right. And there's probably still some that you haven't seen. Oh, um, there's I would too many. Yeah, there's are... still a lot. Yeah, Sanjuro, yeah. I know, is one of them. Oh yeah, that's on my list. And I mean, well, also, and that, I think most of the ones I haven't seen are on the Criterion Channel. Now, yeah, the Criterion like, Channel that just launched. This will give this will give me for sure a huge opportunity to binge a lot of these Kurosawa movies yeah. that I've missed out. Like it's on. pretty great because um, how I've been exploring the channels, I've been a director will come up that I want to like look into more, and I'll just mm-hmm. see all the movies they have, or if they have none of the movies. So, yeah. Yeah, there we go. There's a little plug for the Criterion channel because um, coming up, a lot of these movies that we'll talk about probably will be uh, included in there because um, what Criterion's doing now is really great for for classic film in general. Uh, in general, like um, Filmstruck did recently, so mm-hmm. um, we hope to we hope that keeps continuing because a big part of the reason I started the podcast was um, to get people interested movies in movies just like film. that. Yeah. Yeah, because I I realized when watching a lot of classic movies that, um, you know, these classics from back in the day, I think there's a stereotype that they're, I don't know, just boring or dull, not not interesting. You know, why would you watch a black and white movie when you could watch yeah. it in color? Yada, yada, yada. Um, but watching some of these, and I feel like they're just as accessible now. There's just as many popcorn movies that were made back in the day um, that there are now, too, so... Yeah, and we're um, cooking up so a yeah. little. We're cooking up a little Columbia Noir scheme for a yeah. future episode right now. So going right back into the depths of classic Hollywood, definitely De- deeper than we've gone so far, probably. Yeah, yeah, because <laughs> we've we've hung around the fifties and sixties right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, haven't gone into the forties or thirties really. So that should be fun. Yes, we definitely need to get into uh, into noir. Um, Something I wish there was uh, there was more of nowadays, but um, we'll obviously get into that too. Uh, and Luke, do you have any uh, any other thoughts before we jump into um, one of these uh, one of these movies here? Uh, not really. Let's get into it. Who should, All right, should we? Cool. Are we just going to do Hitchcock let's, uh, first? Yeah, let's sure. Let's start with Strangers on a Train, which is All the right. film that Luke saw. For yeah, the first time so, here for our yeah, Hitchcock Kurosawa get, series. Uh, deeper into Hitchcock because um, <laughs> I've only seen the big, the big four or five. Um, mm-hmm. Which we what all, would you say that the big four or five are? I mean, I think I. <laughs> we all know what they are. <laughs> the granddaddy <laughs> for the listener at home. We got Vertigo, uh, North by Northwest, Psycho, um, 
I include the birds. The birds, yeah. Um, and what did I say? Vertigo. Yep. Vertigo, North by yeah. Northwest, Rear Psych- Window, Psycho. I feel like I'm missing one, but I think I said them all just very quickly. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, like, so I've just, I'm obviously into Hitchcock then, because if you've seen those movies, <laughs> they will mm-hmm. definitely get you into Hitchcock. Like, Psych, the, the shot of the Psycho house has been imprinted in my brain since I was a kid. And nice. I think Vertigo is one of the best films of all time. So um to see and when did strangers on a train come out john do you know because i did uh, I not think pull it up 1950 something 1951 yeah so i'm going i'm going back a little bit in his career mm-hmm. which is more interesting to see um and I, you could clearly you can already see it's a more contained hitchcock film um mm-hmm. already and i liked seeing robert walker again um yeah. our pal from the clock yeah. <laughs> in this um instigator role i thought he stole the show and it's actually um i don't know if you knew this john it was his last performance before he, yeah, par- he apparently died that. of something like either alcohol or or drug addiction one of the two yeah i think it was a drug overdose maybe something like that yeah yeah, so like you could tell, it's it's a more contained Hitchcock thriller, and it doesn't have as much of the like necessarily mind fucking like suspense yeah. that the other ones have. But it still has. Mm-hmm. It's a more tame. It's more tame suspense. I felt like, and um, a movie it actually really reminded me of is is I don't know if you'll agree with this or not. It reminded me a little of. Um, it's like a more serious, ambitious version of Cable Guy with uh, yeah. Jim Carrey. I didn't think about and that. Ferris yeah, totally. You, you, just, you just have this unforgivable, goofy, kind of inst- creepy instigator role with Robert Walker. Um, yeah. Just kind of messing with, uh, just kind of messing with uh, him because he can, with Guy, <laughs> because mm-hmm. he can. And um, that just, I just kept thinking of uh, Jim Carrey in Cable Guy. Wow, I really like that comparison. Yeah. yeah. And, and honestly, the cable guy seems like a horror movie at some parts too. Yeah, def- definitely, unintentionally, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. Also, I don't know if you know this, but the carousel uh, scene, the carousel stunt scene at the uh-huh. end where he climbs under the carousel was apparently the most dangerous Hitchcock stunt he said that he ever filmed. Really? Yes. God. Wow. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I love I love everything with the carousel in the film as this plot, mm-hmm. you know, as a device as this plot unfolds for just like everything just going out of control. Yep. Um. And I love and oh man, I noticed all the tennis at the end of the film, John. I know you're a very yeah. big you're a former tennis star, <laughs> yeah. high school tennis it's, star. So this is my favorite tennis movie for I, sure. <laughs> <laughs> and then Hitchcock used it, used that your beloved know, yeah. game as a tool for suspense <laughs> at the end as they yeah. paddle back and forth. You know, I thought that was great. That's yeah, that is honest. That's one of my favorite scenes, I think, in uh, in Hitchcock movies in general. Yeah, no, definitely. Yeah, because I think it's a really unique way to show suspense that you know he just want he needs to finish this match like as fast as he can, um, and. Yeah, so I, th- I thought that was interesting, also because it's just using the um, using sports, which are already dramatic in its own sense, you know. Um, but using that the suspense you feel in watching a sports game, 
but also connecting it to, you know, this guy is trying to um, stop this crazy man pretty much. To, so I don't, yeah, I guess I don't know how to describe it, but it's, um, you know, all the suspensive drama from a sports match, but um, used as not the main plot device. You know, it's yeah. not like this, um, this tennis, it's all about this tennis player and him achieving success in tennis. It's about something completely different. But using that part of his character, definitely the, to, the tennis, um, the resolve of tennis match isn't as isn't as relevant. It's it's the outside. Yep. Yeah, in in like film school, I'm not trying to pull a big card here by saying in film school like that. But they taught <laughs> they um, had a study like Hitchcock's editing process to create suspense because he was mm-hmm. like known as revolutionary for the time. And you can yeah. see, you can see it if you just watch it and all of the cuts he makes. It just makes you kind of like it's one of those just like on the edge of your seat feelings. It just immediately mm-hmm. uh, grabs your instincts. Yeah, I like what you said too about it being contained too, because it's definitely more of a simple, um, simple story. Yeah, than, it's kind um, of like you know, a wacky thriller. Yeah, it's not as complicated as you know Vertigo, yeah. and everything. Like Vertigo in North by Northwest, he, you, this guy's like trying to change the world, literally. Yeah, <laughs> with the film yeah. he's making. <laughs> yeah, and this is just yeah a fun thriller. Um, but yeah, I thought I thought this was great, just like bare bones suspense too. Um, just the fact that I like while while watching Strangers on a Train. You feel like Bruno, Robert Walker's character, is just around every corner. Yeah, you do. And I love when they're and, driving around DC too, and he's just like appearing in places. Yeah, he's popping up. And I, I think that's just like a thing that modern audiences really. Uh, it, it it's like a thing that ages well. Just that creepy, mm-hmm. scary feeling. Just someone even stalking you a little bit, even in the context of a old black and white movie with the old hats and everything. I think that's why Hitchcock ages so well for people. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Cause he's very tight, like clean horror, you know, really he inspired all horror. Yeah, for real. And, uh, I I like a lot of it. Um, a lot of the great suspenseful scenes were used, you know, without a soundtrack in the background too. Um, I think that was used really effectively too um, because then, you know, when Guy is sneaking into what he thinks is Bruno's dad's house and just like every creak and then the dog start starts barking. Um, so yeah, I think something like that, I think Hitch- Hitchcock did a lot um, that really added to um, suspense, just like in the birds too, you know, there's no soundtrack um, going yeah. throughout. Um and uh, it's almost the silence is makes it more terrifying than some you know horror movie score or something. Yeah, the sudden jump uh, snare of nowadays. Yeah, in, exactly. Like Insidious or something like that. Yeah. 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 Another like ed- like uh, little production note about Hitchcock. He used to like always take. He was notorious for just like planning all of his shots so specifically that there was only one option for editing. Um, So his um, it he would do tons of takes, always just Mm -hmm. to try to get the exact one, and it 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 drove like producers crazy. (laughs) So he was like like Hollywood used to be kind of control run kind of by producers, even like schedules and creative vision. 
And like Hitchcock is one of the first directors ever to like break off from that and do his own thing. And it was cause he was so successful that he was able to do it. Yeah, for real. Yeah. He's definitely an eccentric guy that, uh, He's he's like a character in himself too, yeah. which I love hearing about all the stories about him, um, him directing, and of course there's always a great Alfred Hitchcock cameo. I missed uh, in it each in of this his one. movies. I missed it. I think he was like getting off a train towards the beginning, something like that. I can't remember. Um, but yeah, yeah. Any other thoughts on uh, Strangers on a Train? Where does it rank for you in the uh, Hitchcock universe so far? Oh, so far, it's my uh, <laughs> least favorite Hitchcock, probably. <laughs> oh, ouch. In a good way. <laughs> in a <Yeah>. good way. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that makes sense. It's it's in my top five, I would say. But, you know, there are still um, those uh, those big four, those classics that are really ahead Yeah, of I mean, I, and I also, <laughs> I like The Birds a lot. Like, mm-hmm. I think The Birds is a masterpiece, so... It, you know all the ones i've seen i think are gold it's hard to touch them at this point yeah exactly yeah well nice then uh then let's get right into recasting yes oh yes strangers on a the train the best part of uh of the month is recasting yes, every film i watch <laughs> oh. and now uh so i just recasted guy and bruno same okay perfect perfect all right, who did you uh, who did you cast in the guy? Role? All right, guy. I went guy. with Steve Martin. Steve Martin because wow. I like Steve Martin. I, uh, first of all, I'm going completely comedic in this version of Strangers on a Train. Do it. It's I gonna like be it. a goofy comedy. And you Steve- know, there actually is already a goofy comedy based off of Strangers on a Train. Um, oh, damn it! <laughs> <laughs> but this will be a new one throw mama from the train it's with like billy crystal um yeah it seems yeah, like something anyway. that would happen yeah um, but i still I, I like what you're doing but i like i like uh i like steve martin in a mm-hmm. in a kind of uh straight man role because i think it brought out the best of him in planes trains and automobiles yeah you took the funniest guy like one of the funniest guys ever and you put him in a straight man role and he ended up just being one of the best straight men of all time so yeah. he's gonna do the same here in this whacked out, wow, whacked like out it. comedy version of Strangers on a Train. I like where we're going. Yeah, he's gonna Sweet. he's gonna be thrown around on the carousel, and he's gonna be goofy. <laughs> he's gonna be breathing heavily on the tennis court, and yeah, it's I can be, actually it's gonna be a good time. I can picture this as a wacky Steve Martin comedy in the eighties. Strangers I can on totally a Train. See it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Strangers on a Train, Planes, and Automobiles. <laughs> exactly. The good one. The sequel. All right. Uh, for for me, I, I was going a little bit darker. Oh, man. Um, yeah. <laughs> Here comes. I don't want any, don't want any comedy. Here no comes Josh Brolin and Benicio Del Toro again. <laughs> Daniel Day-Lewis. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so for Guy, I went with, and this could be because I'm in the Game of Thrones mode, but I went with Kit Harington. Wow. Okay. Yeah. I. I mean, I'm in Game of Thrones mode right now, so I think mm-hmm. Kit Harrington can't do any wrong. So yeah. that's a good pick, <laughs> even though he's yeah. never been in a good film yet. Yeah. That, yeah. <laughs> Which he made yeah, a he made a joke about one. on SNL over the. Uh, the I saw that. I thought weekend. he was great. Oh yeah, he, he was. was great he's, in SNL. He's, yeah, he's a very, uh, very charming guy. I mean, he, mm-hmm. he's so noble in the show. 
Yeah, I know. So yeah, he's a he's he's a noble uh... tennis player in the new Strangers on a Train. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) That's what at least I heard. I had to make sure whoever was playing Guy had to at least look like he, you know, could be a tennis player too. You know, right? Definitely. Um, He definitely. (laughs) (laughs) He's a little short, but yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. Uh (laughs) He's a little small. But I he, always put someone else in that fought, role. I was like, he also hey, he's too killed, short. Uh, killed a White Walker. So, yeah, that's right. I mean, I think most tennis players just been proving, do that too. He's been, he's been proving people wrong all his life. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. All right. Uh, then who you got for Bruno? All right. So, opposite Steve Martin in this comedic version of Strangers on a Train, we're going with Jim Carrey. Jim Carrey. Also there for, we go. I also, had a hunch. Yep. <laughs> I did mention, uh, I gave it away a bit by mentioning Cable Guy earlier. But yeah, mm. we're going balls to the walls with Jim Carrey just wow. messing with Steve Martin for the whole time. Uh, These two guys movie... meeting up for the first time. And they're both going to be in their primes too, like not who they are now. They're going to be yeah. Steve Martin in the 70s and Jim Carrey in the 90s. Yeah, ninety four Carrie, where he was in They're like the mask and Ace Ventura. Doc, Doc Brown's time traveler, DeLorean <laughs> to yeah. be in this movie. Wow, I like it. That's awesome. Yeah, Steve Martin. Thanks, and Jim thank Carrey you. The it means a lot, John. I put a lot of work into this. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you can see how can well tell. thought. You can see how well thought out it is. <laughs> Seriously, I thought though, about yeah. this for like six hours. <laughs> <laughs> All right, then to complete my dark. Oh man, of Strangers <sighs> on a Train. I went with Zach Efron for Bruno. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, so who's? I completely forgot who the other guy is now because you mentioned Kid Harrington, John Snow. Wow. All right, so we're going with the young, yeah, the young guys. So, so uh, these have both been on my mind recently. I guess it's because I saw the trailer for the Ted Bundy movie that's coming out soon where Zac Efron plays Ted Bundy. So I was like, oh. I mean... Boom, he's the guy for this, this crazy psychopath. I must say, like, he is on a it. good streak, although he, even though he, like, he hasn't played a role necessarily like this at all, he's on a mm-hmm. good streak of, of performances and just... I mean, in a way, he is that he is that role in Neighbors. He is that role in Neighbors. Yeah. Of the instigator. What? Yeah, the biggest thing I thought of was just honestly from seeing that trailer of yeah. Ted Bundy. Oh yeah, um, yeah, which I haven't seen, and also, and yeah, and like I was saying before, Efron's just acting very well lately. Like he was oh, yeah. great in Beach Bum, I must say, hilarious. Oh, I and didn't realize he's in that. He has that one scene in The Disaster Artist where he kills it, <laughs> and I, and then I, yep. I he's very likable in Neighbors and. Uh, that Adam Devine film. Oh, with um, Aubrey Plaza and Anna Kendrick. God, yeah. I can't think of it. Mike and Dave I know need exactly wedding what dates. you're talking about. Mike and Dave need wedding yeah. dates. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. <laughs> then, yeah. And his next film after all those strangers on a train. Yeah. And you know <laughs> what? I'm I'm trying to sell tickets here, and who? Would be better at selling tickets than Zac Efron yeah. and John Snow. He's gonna have know? his shirt off the, the whole time. <laughs> yeah. Save... The, no shirts the entire movie. <laughs> 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 and we'll do a musical number with basketballs in the beat. Actually, no. With basketball. Zac Efron. Yeah, maybe we should switch this up. Zac Efron plays Guy, and he's a basketball player, and they do the whole High School Musical basketball number in it. 
Oh, so no, Kit Harrington's gonna. Off the wall. <laughs> I, I don't know. I was kind of going with no, it for no, no, a second no. there. So, <laughs> you know, wherever wherever you want to be. Yeah, I, I went on a little bit of a tangent there, but yeah, John Snow and Zach sorry, Ethman, that's gonna sorry, put butts everyone. in seats. <laughs> it's well, don't worry. We'll calm we'll calm down during this <laughs> next commercial break. Yeah, we'll take a commercial break here. I promise down. things won't be so crazy when we get back. Yeah. And uh, so just brace yourselves, and we'll be right back after this break. All right, I'm back. All right, you back? We're back. (laughs) We're both back. (laughs) And it's time to move on to the second film in our new director series here, and it's The Hidden Fortress. AKA Japanese Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. But uh, yeah, anyway, we'll get into that too. But uh, Hidden Fortress was the movie that I watched. Um, my first Kurosawa movie. Yes. And I guess a uh, big reason why it's remembered so much now too is because um, it was heavily influential for George Lucas in. Yeah. Uh, creating Star Wars. So I recommended you should watch it first because Star Wars is your favorite movie. So my number one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the yeah. clear you should watch the clear inspiration for it. Most yeah, definitely. Exactly. And these are my first reactions from it. Is that right from the get go? You can already tell it's like it's like oh this is exactly like Star Wars. Yeah. Starts out with two um, like comic relief characters like r2d2 and c3po and in this case um these two guys i can't remember their names because they're a little confusing for me but um and they're just in the middle of this all this chaos yeah they're lost just like the droids are Mm -hmm. yeah and then they there's conflicts going on that we don't know about there's just they're just like sort of on the side not directly involved um so yeah i mean Overall, my yeah. thoughts, I, I really like this, and this is making me want to watch more Kurosawa movies, and it is totally just, there are so many themes from Star Wars. Yeah. Um, have you ever seen, watched, have you watched one of those shot-for-shot shot videos yet? No, I haven't. There's, um, there's one of the, there's those on YouTube, it basically aligns the move, um, the films together and shows, like, how the framing and blocking is just totally ripped from wow. the Hidden Fortress. Like the whole look of, especially on Tatooine. Um, just oh, the whole yeah. Tatooine sequence. Mm-hmm. And you could see, especially in like um, a lot of the, when they're just walking around in their environment, like the rocks falling off the mountains, the way mm-hmm. the mountains look, it's a very similar to those Tatooine cave scenes. Yeah, and then they and, meet, meet like the samurai. Then the what the they meet Obi Wan Kenobi. Yeah, Obi Wan. You could talk endlessly about how the structure and the just the look and feel of just it being a fun adventure movie and just how it's similar to the first Star Wars. Yeah, totally. Yeah, and it's um, it was something I guess in a way it made it even more enjoyable to watch for me because I was like sort of relating like all these that's why i thought you should watch it because it's a good intro to a new you're you're experiencing this whole new style of film and just it wouldn't be good necessarily to start with the three hour seven samurai you know like this gets you like 
in your comfort zone, you know, it's like interest yeah, immediately definitely. and you can get, and this is how they all kind of look like the look of this and the, like, mm-hmm. I will say like, while like I said about strangers on a train, this is my <laughs> least favorite Kurosawa movie. <laughs> but that's not necessarily a bad thing. No, it's a good thing. Yeah. <laughs> because <laughs> all the others are like, while this is a fun adventure to me, like all the other Kurosawa movies go like, they are they are like strike so much higher in ambition when it comes mm-hmm. to just its story to the storytelling and the scope and um like a lot of the shakespearean aspects it messes around with um mm-hmm. and they're, and they're just they're just so epic in comparison to this like this is more of a contained adventure movie that's just very fun yeah yeah and i was reading up more about it and uh even Kurosawa himself said that like the two movies he made before this, not sure what exactly they were, but that they were more like down and somber, dark movies. And so for this next one, he wanted to just make a hundred percent entertainment film. That's just like a fun thriller Mm -hmm. in a way. And, uh, and yeah, it definitely feels like that because even, you know, not just star Wars, you can definitely see other, um, I guess I would say, you know, big name adventure movies and, re- and uh, you know, from the 70s on that have been made. Um, I think you can take pieces from this, too. Mm-hmm. Um, so I feel like there's always like the lovable like side characters that are kind of like these dumb buffoons, yeah. but very like charismatic still. Um, so, yeah, and it's just uh, I mean, going back to Star Wars, too, it's like the two guys are bickering with each other just like r2 mm-hmm. and c3po and all they want is gold and, then, and han solo just wants gold and yep yeah. and then uh they're escorting this princess of mm-hmm. course which is exactly the what, princess you know, who's wreck. smarter than everyone yeah exactly yeah but yeah yeah like i said that made it even more enjoyable for and, me just and to that, sort of and the, compare the two the kind of the scene with the spears is very similar to the just in style to all the lightsaber duels you'll see in star Wars, like Mm -hmm. just like force against force and all that. And just a lot about just staring each other down. (laughs) That's what a lot of the lightsaber, like before the prequels got all fancy with it. That's what the the originals were. There's a lot of just like will and emotion in all of them, you know, and not so much style. Yeah, yeah. They just kind of stare at each other for a second and then go into a. Yeah, they yeah. hit each, try to hit each other once, and they stare again. Yeah, just the stare. Yeah, I definitely see that. Uh, this, I mean, ultimately, what this did um, too is just make me want to go down the Kurosawa rabbit hole and um, yeah, and see what all of these it's are. A, I feel like it's a nice, based on easy what I know, one to watch for sure. Exactly. Yeah, based on what I know, this is a good stepping stone. Um, into more of his films and i also didn't realize that uh the main well the, the general in this he's in like yeah every Tashiro, single milfoon like probably everyone yeah. you'll watch he's in unless you watch akiru but all the samurai ones except for like the later ones like all the ones he did in the 50s is starring to milfoon yeah that's crazy he's a pretty and he was awesome he's pretty amazing yeah, he's pretty you'll see some amazing stuff when when you go down that road <laughs> Yeah, just a, I, yeah, he's I quite a he's that. quite a force of acting and just presence. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, and he was even yeah, I like 
like we talked about, this is um, a bit like funnier too, sillier. Yeah, it is. So definitely, he uh, doesn't definitely joke, reminded he me. He probably of, doesn't joke around in some of them at all. <laughs> yeah, I bet. Yeah. <laughs> like, but this one he does a lot. Yeah, but it's good that you got you're getting used to the feel of all these films. Like they're all kind of you kind of get this like escapist aspect to them to, since you're like going back into old Japan with samurai around mm-hmm. and and that's what they're all like and it's kind of like it's great it's great because they're so polished and well directed and everything and they're just a nice world to like be in for three hours like they're really easy Mm -hmm. and it's it's pretty serene with the music i just like i just love them yeah oh yeah the yeah the music was great yeah he has great scores that are just kind of like atmospheric like surrounding the outdoors the outdoors you're always in yeah, and that's why it also, uh, I mean, made me understand why Kurosawa movies were so influential with westerns too. Yeah, because uh, I know there was even um, a settlement that happened because um, a fistful of dollars, I think it was, is basically exactly like Yo Jimbo. Mm. Um, so I think that I think I Sergio think Leone ended up having both, to pay yeah. pay. Um, kurosawa like a settlement Mm. um for that and i just in other i mean i feel like sergio leone movies are definitely influenced by oh yeah um, it's clear it's clear yeah Mm -hmm. i mean and sergio leone should make quentin tarantino pay him for some stuff if if that's yeah you know there's lines to it obviously i know i'm just saying that um Mm. but yeah and uh kurosawa was notoriously known for being uh, very influenced by John Ford's westerns, and you can oh, yeah, see it by the that. way they're mm-hmm. um, every shot's constructed with the crowds and the many people. There's always horses there too, and mm-hmm. um, they're shot in a, such a each one shot in a setting to create this kind of sort of samurai western feel. Yeah, yeah, totally. like it's not the west, but it's a different kind of west, you know? Yeah. It's almost rules like rules are rules are kind of different, but still the same. You know, there's mm-hmm. values and stuff that they explore. I think it's like a like the American version of samurai would be like a gunslinger in the West, which is yeah, why a lot of these because you know in in Japan, um, you know their um, their legends of you know there's all these myths probably about. Um, these incredible samurai from back in the day are just like stories and history and everything. And I feel like those are our like badass, the badass guys are like the American version. Are mm-hmm. like, you know these um, outlaws or gunslingers in the West? Because um, that's sort of how far back we go and everything. Um, but yeah, I just felt like that too. Just it obviously influenced westerns and um, and just other adventure movies too. Yeah, I mean, it yeah. influenced like every like director, like like Martin Scorsese talks about Kurosawa. Everyone like talks about mm-hmm. Kurosawa. It's just like a if you're trying to be a big film guy, like you're gonna eventually watch <laughs> like directors like Hitchcock, Kurosawa, like Stanley Kubrick, Martin Scorsese, and um, you know directors like that. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, you're doing totally. you're doing it, John. You're totally I'm on doing my journey, it. man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm excited now. I'm definitely. I mean, obviously for this series, I'm gonna watch 
um, some more Kurosawa. But I mean, even after that, I'm going to try to watch as much as I I'm can. I'm going to watch because... them my entire life. <laughs> yeah, for the rest of my life. Because uh, just looking at the list of his films, they're all like iconic and yeah. highly acclaimed. Highly acclaimed. Like, it's pretty crazy. Um, so, yeah, should we uh, get into recasting of Hidden Fortress then? Yes. Um, all right. You mentioned before uh, you're in that Game of Thrones vibe, so you went the yeah. Game of Thrones route. Yeah. So I'll just mention mine because mine's very similar to that. Uh, so I recasted with Toshiro Milfoon and Princess Yuki. Did you do the same? I did uh, the two. The two um, guys as well. Tahe, yeah. All right. Well, so you'll have one for them, and the, yeah. they could join. They could be in my movie too. Okay. There we go. <laughs> All right. So. <laughs> For Toshiro Milfoon, I went with Jason Momoa of, oh, Aquaman, nice. of Aquaman and Game of Thrones. I mean, who doesn't like that guy nowadays? Yeah. He can't do any wrong. He really Called can't. Called Drogo. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. yeah. And then for Princess Yuki, I went with Daenerys Targaryen. <laughs> oh, Mother of Dragons. Mother of oh, Dragons, my God. yeah. Wow, uh-huh. you're going all, I went out all Game of into the Game of Thrones cast, <laughs> and out here I'll recast um, the two uh, brothers right now. It'll be um, oh, there we go. It'll be uh, Sam, Sam yes. of the Wall and the li- you know the library guy, and um, Tyrion Lannister. Tyrion Lannister. <laughs> they will like somehow it. end up there, and they'll both be fighting <laughs> for gold the entire time. And Cal Drogo and Daenerys will never let them. Oh my god! So that's the modern, yeah, perfect game of hidden fortress. Game of hidden fortress. Wow, that's awesome. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, that's really going all out. Uh, and you know what, uh, Jason Momoa kind of looks like. He's got the um, physique for sure, where he'll just like, oh yeah, he just stands over you, and you just frighten. Like, yeah, like do you think Tyrion's right. gonna steal those like the gold with? <laughs> that guy there no way yeah right so uh, i guess there's gonna be no conflict in this movie <laughs> <laughs> whatever hey i like it um all right so for me i uh now you can tell me as, as someone who's filipino can tell me if i'm being racist <laughs> but i don't i don't know if any of the actors i wanted to go asian to avoid being another white man whitewashing oh movie. yeah you don't want to put um, matt damon in the role or anything yeah yeah but i uh i yeah i don't know if anyone is japanese which makes me feel racist that i just picked four asian people for this japanese movie but you at least you tried i you know i thought about it i'm aware um for the, for the general i know this guy's not japanese but i went with jackie chan <laughs> <laughs> I, for because you said you were like because you said i'm filipino i thought it meant you were gonna cast him as manny pacquiao and i was like wow is that really oh that's no, literally that been... that's literally what i thought was gonna happen <laughs> no i know just as as a person person of asian descent <laughs> yeah the yeah. diversity of the podcast jackie yeah. jackie chan all right so jackie chan you know obviously from He's being pretty in, big <laughs> rush hour something you know he's got the comedic chops i mean he's been in other comedies too and and this is you know just a fun comedy type adventure movie and i think 
obviously he'd be a great pick for it. And we haven't seen him play like this cool samurai guy before because he's not Japanese. But now's, now's <laughs> but the now time. Now he is. Now he is. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> now we're what, all Japanese. What? <laughs> <laughs> it's the Kurosawa podcast. We're also <laughs> Japanese. Yeah, that's right. We're going to start having to have subtitles. All right. And all right. For, so, Jackie Chan. And for the princess, for the princess. I went with someone else who I feel like this actress and Jackie Chan, I feel like, were huge about, you know, 15, 20 years ago, maybe. Definitely. And they don't do so much now, but uh, Lucy Liu. Oh, all right. Good. Nice. <laughs> Yeah, um, yeah. So that I guess that but, was my yeah. Lucy Liu's fantastic. Lucy Liu of uh, Django, uh, not Django, <laughs> Kill Kill Bill. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, yep. was she, was she in Crouching Charlie's Tiger? Angels. Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, or is that oh, someone else? Know. I'm thinking of. No, no, that's someone else. <laughs> <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> But yeah, right. I know of Lucy Liu. All right. Yeah. And then we got and the the two idiots. The two idiots. I went with. Um, oh, I realized I didn't. I wrote. I didn't write one guy's name. I wrote his character. Uh, but uh, okay, one would be Bobby Lee, comedian and occasional yeah. actor Bobby Lee. Yeah, yeah. From yeah, Mad yeah. TV. Yeah, he's got a uh, Netflix special out, doesn't he? Maybe. Yeah, I don't know. Um, you definitely recognize him, though. Okay. But uh, yeah, I just I wanted to go with obviously uh, uh, two comedians or comedic actors. I think Bobby Lee uh, would be great for that because he's just this wacky character, and these guys are really really like idiots um, in it too. So I think you could play a good idiot uh, in a way. And then for the other one, I wrote down Harold from Harold and Kumar. And realized I should have just looked up his name. Oh, yeah, that's perfect. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, he would totally get himself into a situation like this. Stuck in the hidden fortress and on on the run. Yeah, Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So that's that's where I went with that. I I tried to go some um, some good old early 2000s, 90s stars and then some some comedians too. So, yeah. Nice. Good. uh, Good job. My recasting not not quite as uh, as wacky as Steve Martin and uh, Jim Carrey or yeah, or all of Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, there is uh, the Hidden Fortress, and I recommend go check it out on Criterion Channel. Yeah, may I ask? Yeah. Uh, just because I'm excited, uh, mm-hmm. what is what which uh, Kurosawa do you think you're going to watch next? Okay, next. I think I'm gonna watch Seven Samurai. All right, diving, so, diving in, going big. Yeah, yeah. Unless you have one to recommend me before that. Uh, nah, I'm not gonna steer you off Seven Samurai. All right, then I'll do it. I figured I this is a nice easy one to get in uh, into the world, and we'll uh, we'll go all out with the big one too. Great, great. <laughs> yeah. And uh, what are you planning on going with for Hitchcock? Um, maybe Notorious. Notorious. Because I've heard nice. the name of that film so many times. I've heard a lot about it, and I just like, mm-hmm. I just need to like watch it just to cross it off the list, you know? Oh yeah, 
I, I love Notorious. That's definitely a top 10 Hitchcock for me. Well, sweet. Great. That is uh that is a podcast for this week, everybody. Thanks for uh tuning in to our new series. Uh Luke, do you have any uh any high hopes for our uh Kurosawa Hitchcock series? I just up? hope I just hope when it goes <laughs> well and we have fun. That's all. <laughs> yeah. Just have fun doing it. Uh yeah, so uh, just look out for that. And uh yeah, I'm Luke, just thankful. Other... I'm just thankful, John. <laughs> yeah, we're just we're just glad we get to do it. So, uh, so stay tuned for uh, for the next time when we'll most likely talk about notorious. And, and we'll also and have a uh, some Criterion Channel podcast coming up since there's so much good things to watch on there right now. Yeah, and seriously, it's uh, you get a free first month. Yeah, of you, your subscription. You really can't so. go wrong with the free first month. At least, like, yeah, inch for a At month least. and then quit if you don't feel like you can afford it. Exactly. Fit all the Kurosawa movies you can in a month, and then yeah, uh, and then quit if you need to. Um, there's yeah, al- there's so also the, the Lynch section, John, David which, Lynch. which I think yeah, you should get into Lynch. Eventually, Actually, I eventually. haven't even told you, but I've I've watched the first three episodes of Twin Peaks. Oh, nice! So far. I gave you that recommendation yeah. a while back, but yeah. with how often we see each other, it's like I guess. With that time, it's like three weeks ago or so. <laughs> yeah, really. But yeah, nice, nice. How's that going? Yeah, and I like it so far. Yeah, um, yeah. Be ready for a rat. It's a rabbit hole. So. Well, and then there's Twin Peaks Firewalk with me. Do right? you do you and need that... do you need the order uh, the order uh, certified for you? Yeah, like do I watch that after? Yes. Twin Peaks. Yes. The, the show. Yes. Okay. So you watch the show the first two seasons and then mm-hmm. you watch the return on showtime which is the a return. a full season of 16 episodes oh wow yeah and so a little education on the show david lynch actually left the show at the a little in the middle of season two so <laughs> the second half of season two is very iconic for being a rough watch oh wow it is it is a a masterpiece of a show until then wow but you still do need to see some stuff because they lead you know towards the end of season two because they prelude into fire walk with me which is where which is where lynch is fully back and he's kind of Uh he's got the reins of the this property for the rest of the time and it's 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 untouchable ever since yeah nice Awesome. Yeah, yeah quite a I'm rabbit hole. Quite that. a rabbit hole, John. Yeah. And I guess all I've seen from Lynch before was um Mulholland Drive. Oh man. Yeah. Which also was one that uh yeah, it fucked me up a little bit, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, this will this will too. <laughs> this will too. <laughs> I, I will say it but it has like so many rewarding qualities on it, like mm-hmm. while also it also has very just funny and like great characters and I will say that out of anything, maybe in movies or TV, this is a big thing to say, but it may have the best music in anything wow. in anything of movies nice. and TV. Wow, that's bold! Like, yeah, it, it just does music so well. Wow, uh, I feel like David Lynch is one of those that's hard to to uh, to get into. Oh, he for sure but, is. 
but I feel like also once you do, then you're just too it, like right now. I just feel too curious. To yeah, like yeah. No, see. yeah. Don't worry about feeling very lost because you 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 <laughs> should <laughs> you should yeah. feel lost. <laughs> yeah, that the season or episode three of season one of Twin Peaks is too. That's when it gets starts to get real weird. And you're like, <laughs> okay, I don't know what's happening right There's now. There's this uh, episode of The Simpsons. I forget which season it is, but Homer's watching. Oh, yeah. he's watching Twin Peaks in it. And there's like just this trippy Twin Peaks scene going on, and like the mute that like jazz music's playing, and Homer's just like, "Hmm, I have no idea what is going on." <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. The Simpsons always always gets that pretty well. Um, yeah, but definitely keep it going, John. You will be uh, very, you'll be rewarded. <laughs> you'll feel good about and it. And I. Uh... And I don't want to speak too soon, but I can envision in the future us doing a little David Lynch series. Oh, too. definitely. Um, He's one of my favorite so yeah. uh, directors right now, for sure. Oh, there we go. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely think we'll have to do that, too, because he's one that, like I said, I've been curious about. And I know there's a yeah. racer head on there, too, which... That was uh, that. Yeah. That one, what's crazy is they're all so different, too. Eraserhead's very different yeah. than the rest of them. He made that in film school. Really? Yeah. God, yeah, I'm I'm scared but interested to watch it. It's that not very one. Oh, it's yeah. not very scary. It just looks so strange. Yeah, I don't even know it what is, to expect. It's just I'm... mostly strange. Um yeah, like he has this one uh Inland Empire. He made it in 2008 and it's impossible to understand what's happening and it's so dark <laughs> and scary at the same time and it's like three hours wow and it's like yeah there's like different levels of lynch like mm-hmm. definitely blue velvet is an entry level one so is it's on my list Mulholland. Hulu, yeah. everyone start kind of starts with mahal and drive mm-hmm. and doesn't know what they just is going on and uh yeah twin peaks is a good way to just learn about lynch though because you're just like pounded down the head with his style and his dialogue mm-hmm. you know Especially yeah, the, so the original show, they're just kind of like making fun of a lot of old noir and melodrama from like mm-hmm. the 40s, the 40s and 50s. So especially yeah. being into like those movies, it just like kind of informs you on like why that's sh- that's funny and wacky and yeah. stuff and why it works. Totally. Yeah, uh, obviously <laughs> very fascinating show and, and just director in general. And I've really, I've never seen anything really like, like him. I, I feel like he has a very unique tone and style oh, through his mo- movies. Def- that definitely more unique than like anyone that I think I've seen. Um, so yeah, that's another thing to <laughs> yeah, look out no, for. Then have fun with Add that. Have fun list. with that, John. Dude, geez, John, you're watching so much stuff. God, I know. I gotta. I'm <laughs> you going... watch a lot of stuff. <laughs> I know. Yeah, I got to escape from every day. We're doing this criterion thing. You're talking about the Twilight Zone, and we're doing. Cause it's because I'm in the Twilight Zone right now, Luke. That's why. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah. But uh, I mean, yeah. Let's add that to the list. We got a uh, yeah. Got a lot coming up. I'm gonna go down this Kurosawa and Lynch rabbit hole, and uh, see where it takes me. But, nice. <laughs> yeah, I'm excited for uh, the rest of our series. Yeah, definitely. All right. Well, 
that's the pod, everybody. Yeah, signing off. <laughs> signing off. Remember to subscribe. Give us a, a rating. Yes. Uh, if you can, follow us on Instagram. You can always send an email, too. We used to get emails. We don't anymore. Um, that's probably because I stopped saying the email. But it's of all the pods at gmail.com. Yes, so, please yeah. set barrage John with emails. Just just say what's what's up, what's going on in your life. Now, or you could just talk about movies. Yeah. Ask the question or give us your thoughts. Your on, opinion um, matters on you to us. Yeah. And maybe we'll read it on the show. Whoa. All right. Yeah. How about that? All right. All Thanks right. for listening, everybody. Yeah.